0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast and syndicating for the A-list online. My name's Andrew Mackay Smith, and what follows is a conversation between myself and Olaf from the outfit Amaranth. He's also a member of a few other bands, as we discuss through the podcast episode, so do enjoy. But the main reason for the conversation was to talk about and promote the brand new album for 2018 from Amaranth, Helix. Let's go.
1: Morning, mate. How are you going? Hey, good evening, Andrew. Everything is going fine over here. How are you?
0: Yeah, good. How, how's the uh, how's the I call them the phoner grind. So, how's the Australian media treating you on your a grind? You know, all the interviews you've got to do.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's pretty awesome. I have to say, I just uh, got off from uh, like a phone um, interview over normal uh, mobile networks, and it was almost impossible to hear yeah. anything. So I hear you loud and clear now, so that's very comforting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, cool, mate. Yeah, look, I look as much as I can insist, it's always via Skype. Uh, the quality of the call is just so much more uh, effective, if you like, to conduct a conversation. I agree with you totally. The amount of times that I've done interviews with people in all sorts of parts of the world philippines uh scandinavia where you are over the mobile mate and you can't hear a bloody thing because of the static
1: <laughs> no exactly i mean it's a stack and then extremely low volume and then no definition whatsoever so once again this is a nice change Uh,
0: nah sweet well i've got a few questions to ask you because i'm actually really enjoying this album here and i've got to be frank mate it's not something that i typically get into personally and i know it's not about me it's certainly about you guys but what you're doing here you're very effective with what you're doing here You're, you're a very good songwriter i must say And. I was reading with interest that you handle the guitars, keyboards, and also the synthesizers. So, mate, tell us about your role in. Um, and I hope I pronounce your band name correctly here. Is it is it Amaranth? Is that how I pronounce the band name?
1: Yeah, perfectly.
0: Okay, Amaranth. Because you've got you, you pretty much you're the one steering the ship, aren't you?
1: I mean, it depends a little bit because um, uh, I handle uh, like um, compositional responsibilities in terms of uh you know writing bass parts and drum parts and guitar parts and like you said keyboards and electronics and everything so mm. the arrangement parts uh are definitely mine but i write everything like on the this latest album i wrote everything together with um uh, one of the singers it is the female singer Yeah. and she always has a lot of great ideas not only in terms of uh, vocal lines mm-hmm. but also in terms of um Coming up with you know general ideas for compositions and where the song should be heading and you know working together with her conceptually, so it's um, it's a really cool thing because I love to sit down and write music by myself, but when you're working together with somebody else, I think it really, um, I think the combination there really turns into to yeah. something more and something different.
0: The right person, though, and I think you're a very astute judge of character, clearly, because this this lass that you've got into sing for, and I know you've been in Forces now about eight years with her or so, it's, it's Elise, her name, is that correct? The other singer in yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Elise, yeah. So you, you've picked really well there with that one there, but my overall impression of you, so I want to bring it back to you again, because I always enjoy talking to somebody who's who's got a finger in the pie of everything that's going on, and pick your brain a little bit, so... You remind, me a, <laughs> exactly. you remind me a little bit of Andy Sneep. okay? You know who he's doing the Judas Priest thing at the moment because I know you've you, – you, are you still in Dragonland? Well, at least you've, you've got this other project, Dragonland. You've got Night Rage, Disamonia Mundi, and, of course, you've got Amaranth. But then I noticed that you're starting to do some production associated with all of these bands. So, mate, how do you keep on top of everything that you're doing because there's a lot going on?
1: Uh, well, I mean – Sometimes it works out really well. Sometimes I can't do absolutely everything, which is just a little bit of a bummer. Uh, Dragonland is actually heading over to Australia in just a week, okay. and I couldn't be part of that uh, part of that tour because I have a lot of responsibilities in, uh, when it comes to Amaranth. But mm. just like you say, I mean, because obviously, being a musician today, uh, you no longer have a record label that that takes care of everything like mm. it used to be in the '80s or even the '90s. So for me, it's really interesting to see how things work in everything from you know the planning and the booking of the shows to you know composing the songs and recording them. production aspects, also you know the marketing plans and um, and doing press and promo and interviews. So yeah, and also also visual design and video recordings. So it's a very, very multifaceted kind of um, profession, I have to say. And it's also what keeps it fresh, if you know what I mean, because when you've been on the road for, let's say, uh, three months straight, and then you come back home just like I did um, very recently, Hmm. it's a very, very welcome change of pace because you go from being a touring musician with everything that that entails to sitting and doing like a desk job, which is challenging as well but in a completely different aspect so it really helps to keep things fresh
0: yeah it does it does but you've got a lot of motivation too so you're a smart bloke i can tell that much you've got some raw intelligence behind you which obviously helps but you've also got the ability to put your plans in action to get everybody organized to issue instructions and to have people follow your instructions is, is another thing so talk to me about your leadership style this is a question I haven't asked before and I thought you'd be a good one to to answer it because of how much you're doing. So what sort of leaderships do you bring to all of the bands that, that you're overseeing and that you're a part of?
1: It's a very interesting question, actually, because um, I think every leader has a very, very different sort of um, leadership style, just like you say. And I think mm. in my view, I think it's really, really important to let everybody be part of the decision. And I think to be a great leader, you need to first of all, you need to be able to delegate. You need to choose the right people to to leave the work up to. And um, if you're trying to um, run thing everything by yourself, like let's say for example, if you're micromanaging, yeah, then it, you're just going to end up with a lot of things on your plate. So obviously, I'm doing a lot of practical things as well. And my main focus and my main ability at the end of the day is composing. So as soon as I feel like we have employed, um, someone who is better than I, at, you know, let's say design, for example, or production, you mm-hmm. need to also res- respect their competence yes. and their ex- ex- expertise and their respective field and sort of step down from your, you know, opinions and whatever, just like with the songwriting, for example, uh, like I said before, I write everything together with Elise and. Uh, even though I have all these fantastic ideas of where the song could be heading, it, I still try to keep a very open mind for for when she comes with mm. an idea instead of dictatorially telling her that, no, but this is the way that it should be. So sometimes I'm in a very strong leadership role, but sometimes I o- also take a backseat completely when I feel mm. that everything is being run perfectly.
0: Yeah, okay. Here's another question for you. Now, I hope you don't mind me asking it and framing it this way, but Elise is a very attractive young lady. You can see that straight away. How much mm-hmm. How much of the attention on the band Amaranth do you think is is about her as opposed to the musicianship? Because the musicianship's there again. It's very good.
1: I think, I mean, it it always becomes an, a bit of an aspect somehow. And it would be stupid to say that, if, you know, to ignore the visual things mm. um, entirely. But I, I just said this recently in another interview that was doing together with her, that while there has been focus and while that has probably, you know, contributed to the uh, to attention Success, to the band. Yeah, if, yeah exactly. If mm. Elise was completely unattractive and didn't have any of those aspects, I would still work with her, mm. you know, enthusiastically since she is the best singer and the best co-composer that I've ever worked with. So... I mean, I see it more as a you know, positive uh, side effect more than you know a primary thing about her. Yeah. Actually,
0: yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and agree. Yeah, it's uh, look. It was one of the things that I first noticed actually because you've got uh, Nora in Battle Beast, who's very attractive as well. So that's an aspect of of that band. And then, of course, you've got. Lee's with you guys here but I think this is my take on it just from a simply from a marketing perspective and I, I absolutely understand and acknowledge you haven't brought her into the band from a marketing perspective she she comes as a fully fledged member with her own ideas and opinions and she's your co-partner in what you're trying to achieve here but it's a good gateway it. but it's a good gateway to attract attention isn't it and it just happens that you've got a lot of substance there as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I mean, if you have certain advantages, I say, why not use them yeah. as long
0: as you're not
1: abusing them or overly focusing on it? I mean, it's a little bit like the uh, the whole three singer concept, for example, hmm. because another band could have tried to really, really push that and just always talk about how this is really unique and no other band is doing it or, you know, potentially push Elise even more and just make her, you know, completely the face of the band. I mean, in some ways she is the outward face of the band. Hmm. But there's always the aspect that we have three lead singers and there's you know, six very, or at least five very talented musicians and myself trying to keep up.
0: <laughs> You're very modest. <laughs> very modest. All right, so I'll bring it back to Helix. What, what do you want it to do right. for you guys? Is this the album that you think will break you open? You've already got a, a fairly, you've got a sizable following. I'm noticing on Facebook you've got over 300,000 followers, so congratulations on that. That's uh, that's bloody hard to do but is this the album that you think will break you even further into North America and other parts of Europe and Australia that you yet to get to uh
1: I mean I hope so at this point just like you said it's the fifth album and I don't think that the band has ever thought in in terms of you know sudden breakthroughs or you know mm. massive you know increase in popularity from from a record to the next but I mean obviously it you're you're sort of hoping for it but it's not always what you're aiming for and the really cool thing about the metal scene in general is that you're building a fundament and a foundation that is very very strong compared to a lot of other genres and in in that sense because um i started out in the business i guess it was 17 or 18 years ago and to have that kind of longevity that we already had because uh with with amaranth because if you compare to uh how long other bands have been around. For example, when we performed at Wacken this summer, and you look at that festival poster, most of those bands have been around for 20, 25 or even 30 to 35 yeah. years. Yeah. It's it's kind of a reassuring thing to know that it's not like a pop act where you have a sudden breakthrough, you're the big star overnight and mm. then, you know, 3 months later or a year later, you're gone. So, I while i'm still always hoping for you know a massive increase in the size of the band to be played on be honest hmm. it's also sort of reassuring to to build it step by step by touring a lot and you know re- releasing new music frequently to really have a strong foundation instead of just the, like this unstable sudden success if you know what i mean
0: yeah i'll ask you this question actually because i uh, i just had, had a chat a couple of days ago with mt from the band the spirit you might know him and you might know the band They're they're on nuclear blast and one of, the, one of the things we spoke about for quite a long time was... And, and it was mainly my opinions, of course, that I was sharing with him and just asking for his view on things. But, um, look, I'm at a point where I, I don't listen to Iron Maiden anymore. Definitely can't listen to Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, KISS, you name it, Judas Priest, uh, all of those bands. I'm ready for the next lot of bands to come through and headline. So I understand we've got Parkway Drive that are starting to do it a little bit more now, but you've still got these legacy acts that have been around for close to 40 years, if you've been keeping count that are still up the top there. And in my view, it's time for a change. So do you think that Amaranth is ready to step up and be sort of next to a headliner status? So just say, if the opportunity was offered to you at say Bloodstock or any one of those serious European festivals, do you reckon the band's ready to take that, that jump up?
1: I will be blatantly honest and say that I think we only recently become ready and that's, that's a lot a lot hmm. of honesty actually for for an interview but i think that uh, no, you know good. the yeah. first <laughs> first four or five years we were you know still trying to figure a lot of things out because we were combining a lot of new genres musically and then we're also experimenting what it would really entail and what it would really mean to have three um, lead singers and how you work with that dynamically and then at the same time you're constantly building your stage production and just how you perform a live show and how you interact with the fans and um, mm. and all those different aspects, like how you work with the lights and so on. Yeah. And uh, especially recently, we have started to work with some really, really experienced and uh, talented people in the business, uh, like our European book- booking agent and actually just very recently Australian booking agent. is also booking like Sabaton and Amon Amarth and, and Wolf and a lot of really, really and only cool. big bands. Yeah. So, so the idea now is to try to bring it up to, to that level because just like you said yourself, there's going to be a massive shift that is going to take place within the next two, three to five years. Because a lot of these um, – let's say, for example, at least five or six or seven of the festivals that we played this summer was headlined uh, either by Judas Priest or by Ozzy Osbourne yeah, or by Iron right. Maiden yeah. and, and so on and it's not going to be physically possible for them to to do that. So you can already see that with Wacken for example, uh next year's Wacken got announced with Sabaton as the headliner. And I can tell you from from my perspective it's not a coincidence because they want to try it out and see what is it like to bring yeah. some of the uh, you know bigger current bands uh as the headliner does it work? And the Wacken sold out just as quickly as it always does. So there's a shift there coming and obviously it's It's a difficult spot to get to, but um, we're starting to see the path a lot more clearly now, at
0: least. You'll be right. Good luck with it, but I think you'll be right. From what I've heard, and I've watched a few of your YouTube videos of the live performance, you've definitely got it, but I understand the pressure of headlining is very different to sort of being a band that's third or fourth on the bill because you really only get the one opportunity first time, and then after that it's whether or not you get rebooked or not is when you know if you've been successful or not
1: yeah exactly, and there's so much that you know uh that counts into it as well because it it's one thing how you perform with the band and you know the music that you're actually playing and so on but if you have a really really good setup if you have a crew that you can trust a hundred percent when you walk on on the stage and when you have a production like for example like I mentioned with the lights and mm. a production that really really works, yeah. then you also have the confidence that is necessary for it so I think uh, after the last seven years of touring, we have toured more than at least 98% of the bands in the European genre. So we, we have the experience and we have the knowledge and the know-how. And then it's all about, you know, sort of ensnaring enough <laughs> fans to, yeah. to, to get into it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And on that note about fans, what's your relationship been like with the Australian audience over the years? Have you got a lot of feedback from us over Facebook and social media?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's been I was having this conversation with our booking agent just a couple of days ago and uh, it's been exactly like that that the Australian fans have, have probably been the most to be honest, have been the most vocal cool. about, you know, us coming over there from countries that we haven't played yet. And we get messages from basically all over the world, but there's always the daily <laughs> messages from mm-hmm. the Australian fans. So we, we can tell also from you know, from streaming and uh, you know album sales and whatever that there is, there is definitely an interest and it actually mm. makes sense for us to really try to build something in Australia.
0: I'd love to see you out here. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think a, a good partnership. I'm trying to think of a band to work with, but there are so many. You know, we mentioned Sabaton. It could be Gojira, anybody really that I think you guys would make a really good partnership with. And in, I live in Brisbane or just outside of Brisbane. On the coast, and uh, we've got something called River Stage here, which is in the city. Really nice, uh, really nice venue for a gig because it's open air. I can really see you guys owning that. You know, like you know, a band just before Megadeth go on stage or something like that to to uh, is a really good co-headliner. So just plant the seed for that now, and we'll wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's always important that when you're trying to like get into a new market, like when we played South America. Last yeah. year we were touring, touring with Tarja, for example, yeah. and, um, which is who is just absolutely massive in, in South America. Yeah. And it becomes, becomes a really good springboard so that the next time around that you come around as a, as a headliner, people are already aware of what you can do, not only on the album, but also in a live
0: context. All right, mate, I better let you go. Thanks for the chat. I really appreciate it. Thanks for answering my questions. I know I'm, I'm a bit more detailed than what you might be used to, but uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, but it's really
1: interesting. Yeah, but it's, it's really interesting to talk about different aspects instead of just explaining where the band comes from and how we started and everything so it was really interesting andrew thank you so much
0: now congratulations too. i meant what i said before uh, i'll be following your career actually from afar and i hope we can catch up when you come to australia or if i go over to europe mate because i, I do admire what you're doing I, I do think it takes a lot of hard work dedication and commitment and you got your head screwed on the right way so i just think it's forward for you from here mate so congratulations on the work you've done so far and good luck moving forward
1: yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. I'm looking forward to sit down and elaborate on these things, when hopefully when we come to Brisbane next year.
0: Yeah, I hope our paths cross again, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No worries, mate. All the best. Thank you.
1: Yeah, have a great evening. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye.
0: You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation that featured Olaf from the outfit Amaranth. Thank you so much for listening.